Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Luke chapter 11. I hope you enjoyed the previous two podcasts from Luke chapter 11 about prayer and how Jesus, the the disciples came and asked him to teach them to pray and Jesus gave them what we call the model prayer. And uh, after that, he gives them an illustration about the persistence of prayer and how we should not give up. And when we continue to be persistent in our prayer life, we will get the answer from God. It may not be the way we want it, but we will get an answer to our prayer because Jesus promised so. And so today we're going to dive in and check out verses 14 through 28 with a situation where Jesus is now in the midst of a crowd and he he casts out a demon of this person who uh, couldn't speak. They were mute. And as soon as he casts out the demon, this person is able to talk. And you would think that the crowd would be fired up and excited about that, but some were. But there were some who were questioning this they they just like i i don't know about this and so they begin to accuse jesus of getting his power from satan and they must have been murmuring uh, about this to themselves and like jesus always always does we've seen this time and time again throughout the book of luke especially when he was at the pharisee's house and simon was thinking when the woman came in to wash jesus feet and simon thought if he knew what kind of woman this was you know he would he wouldn't be letting her do this and jesus called him out on it and said simon uh let me tell you about this woman you know and so here's these people in this crowd they've watched this uh demon being cast out they see this person speaking they're accusing jesus of getting his power from from satan and uh, they're thinking about this situation and jesus calls them out on it because luke says jesus knew their thoughts and he says hey I don't get my power from Satan because <clears throat> I just cast out one of Satan's demons and a kingdom divided against itself, it, it can't stand. And so he's going to have this conversation with this crowd. He, he remains calm and instead of going off on them, he, he, he remains calm because he's wanting to teach them and he's wanting to persuade them to put their faith and their trust in God and that the kingdom is here. And there's a lesson in that for us because uh, we are Jesus' representatives. We are his hands and his feet. And if we get upset, because the, the, the world is going to be out there, they're going to be challenging us just like they did Jesus. And, and if we get upset and we don't stay calm, they're not going to listen to what we have to say. And so we must, like Jesus, remain calm and explain what's going on and tell them about who Jesus is. And Jesus is trying to tell them, hey, look, I'm from the Father. I'm the Messiah that's been predicted long ago by the prophets. And you need to put your trust in God. You need to listen to me because the kingdom of God is here. And I'm proving it to you by working these miracles. And while Jesus is having this conversation with this crowd, from out of nowhere, this woman, she just yells out. She says, but even, uh, I'm sorry, she says, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breasts that nursed you. And Jesus, without any hesitation, he replies back, 
But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. This is the point that Jesus wanted his disciples to understand. This is the point that Jesus wanted this crowd to understand. That blessed are all who hear the word of God, but not only hear it, but put it into practice. This crowd, like so many others, they're hearing the word of God and they're hearing it from Jesus himself, God in the flesh. And instead of putting it into practice, they're challenging him and they're challenging his authority. Look, dude, who do you think you are? You're getting your power from Satan, not, not from God. And so before we condemn these people, think about it. We, we do the same exact thing today. I mean, just look around you. People challenge God on a daily basis by the way they think and by the way they live, by the way they act on a daily basis. God says do this. God says do that. God says don't do this. God says don't do that. Not that the Bible's a, a book of rules or anything because it's all about having a relationship with him. And if we want a relationship with him, then we should be wanting to please him. So in order to please him, we have to know how he wants us to live. Because remember, it, it, when we were studying about prayer in the last two podcasts, the first thing that Jesus says, we have to keep God's name holy. For God is holy. God lives inside of us if we're washing the blood of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we too, we're hagiazas. We're set apart for a holy purpose. And people like people's like, I'm going to challenge God on a daily basis because I'm going to do what I want, when I want, how I want it, and how many times I want it. They don't care what God says to do or not to do. They're going to do what they want to do, and they're going to live the way they want to live. And when I was uh, studying for this podcast, I just <clears throat> came up with some ideas, and I just wrote down the first things that popped in my head. You can fill in the blank with any sin that you want. But I chose these. God clearly states that lying is a sin and that all liars will have their place in the lake of fire, yet people lie all the time. They will lie to you looking you straight in your eyes face to face and tell you they're telling you the truth and convince you that they are telling you the truth and you will believe them. Then you find out that you're lying and yet the whole time they were lying and they did not care. They didn't think a thing in the world about lying to your face. They don't care what God says about liars. They don't care that God says all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. They continue to lie. That's why we have people that are called compulsive liars. They don't think anything about lying. God says committing adultery and fornication are sin, and those who commit these sins will have their place in the lake of fire, yet people are every day they're having sex outside of marriage. They're having sex with this woman, with this man. This man's having sex with this man. This woman's having sex with this woman. They're changing partners and, and, and just all kinds of nasty stuff. And, and not only that, not only do they care, that, or that not only do they not care that they're sinning against God and they don't care about the consequences, they're bragging about it. They're putting it all over social media. It's all over the news. What celebrities sleeping with this celebrity? And by the next week, you know, they, uh, they're sleeping with another celebrity or they're divorced or they're, they get married and a month later they're already separated they're already sleeping with somebody else they're already having an affair and and, and they're, they're divorcing and, and they're divorced many times and they don't think anything about it 
and they're boastful about it. Our society is that way. It glorifies it. Just turn on the news and you'll see it. They don't care what God has to say about this or that. And Jesus says, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. Remember what Jesus told the 72 disciples in the last chapter when they came back reporting what all uh, God had done through them when they were sent into the village and they're preaching the kingdom of God is here and they were healing people and they were casting out demons. They were so excited. And Jesus says to them, "Oh, don't be excited that, that, that God's doing these things through you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven or your, your names are registered in heaven. See, here's the thing. If we hear the teachings of God, which come from the Bible, by the way, that's how uh, we can learn how to be pleasing to God. That's how we can learn to be holy like God is holy. That's the Word of God, the Bible. If, if we hear the teachings of God and we put them into practice, then our names will be registered in heaven and we will be in heaven for eternity when we take our last breath. And that's the goal. Because we have heard the word of God and we are obedient to the word of God. James 1, 19 through 26 says this before we go to break. James writes, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Oh, so we got that all wrong because we get angry fast and we don't listen and we talk a lot. And people are trying to tell us something, but we're not hearing them because we're too busy thinking about what we're going to say to defeat what they're saying and what we're going to say next. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Just like Jesus didn't get angry with the crowd. He listened. He was slow to speak. And he was slow to get angry. He's trying to show them that... He gets his power from God, and they need to put their trust in him and in God. James goes on to say, Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires, so get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the word, it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Don't just listen to the word, James says. You've got to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself in the mirror, and you walk away from the mirror, and then you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, that's God's word. And if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And if you claim to be religious and don't control your tongue, and see James is giving some examples here, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Jesus says, hey, you want a sign from heaven? I'll give you a sign from heaven. And we'll get into that before we come in, uh, back into break. But I just want to reiterate what Jesus said to uh, this woman who yelled out from the crowd. He says, but even more blessed. You want to be blessed? You want to be blessed by God? Here is how you can be blessed by God. 
Hear the Word of God. Read His Word. Listen to some sermons. Listen to what God wants from you. How you and I, how we can live holy like God is holy. And not only hear what God says, but what Jesus said to do. Put it into practice. But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. And James 1, 19 through 26 backs that up. Because G, uh, James says, if you hear the word of God and you don't do what it says, you're only fooling yourselves. And so... <clears throat> This this crowd, Jesus is trying to convince them, and he's saying, you need to listen to what I'm saying and don't fool yourselves. And he says, you want a sign from heaven? I'm going to give you a sign from heaven. And we'll talk about that sign when we come back from break. We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru, and he is here to help you with any problems that you're having with your computer or your phone. Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So Jesus says, you want a sign uh, from heaven? You want a miracle to show that I'm from God and I get my authority from God? Here's your sign. Verses 29 through 32. As the crowd pressed in on Jesus, he said, this evil generation keeps asking me how to show them a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of Jonah. What happened to him was a sign to the people of Nineveh and that God has sent him And what happens to the Son of Man will be the sign to these people that he was sent by God. The Queen of Sheba will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is is here, but you refuse to listen. And the people of Nineveh will also stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. So in other words, Jesus says you, 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 there's somebody greater than these people, but you refuse to hear it and you refuse to repent. Well, to understand this, what happened to Jonah, that is the sign that God's going to give to these people. Well, fortunately for us, we have the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. He was a prophet to the Israel, well, to, to Nineveh, and God was going to send him to Nineveh to preach to this uh, this sinful people of Nineveh, and Jonah didn't want to go, so he begins to go in the opposite direction. He's running from God, and he doesn't want to do the will of God. And he gets on this ship, and and all these bad things start happening to this ship. The people on the ship, there's a storm. They thought they're going to die. <coughs> Jonah realizes what's going on. He says, "Throw me overboard, and you'll be all right." They throw Jonah overboard. A fish swallows Jonah. He's in the belly of that fish for three days. The fish literally takes him to Nineveh, vomits, pukes him out. He lands on the shore there in Nineveh, and he realizes, i got to do what God wants me to do. He reluctantly goes, and he preaches uh, God to the people. They repent of their sins. They put sackcloth and ashes on. And uh, 
Jonah didn't wasn't excited about it, but he did what God wanted him to do. But anyway, that, that's not the point. The point is that Jonah was in that belly of that fish for three days and he came out alive and did what God wanted him to do. That is the sign that Jesus is referring to, that he is about to die on the cross. He's going to be put in a tomb for three days, just like Jonah was in the belly of that fish for three days. And then he's going to come out victorious over death and hell, just like Jonah came out of that fish and was spit up on uh, the land. Jesus is going to come out of that tomb victorious and that is the sign that, that jesus says god's going to give them and they they don't understand it they don't know what he is referring to <clears throat> as for the queen of sheba this is really cool we can read her story in first kings chapter 10 and I'll, i want to read that to you because i want you to see so you can grasp what jesus is saying to these people and if they would just listen and be obedient they will be blessed uh, because this is a message for people today, this 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 uh, uh, this this Queen of Sheba, in First Kings ten one through fourteen, it says, when the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, which brought honor to the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions, and she arrived in Jerusalem with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camel camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold and precious jewels. This woman meant business when she visited Solomon. When she met with Solomon, she talked with him about everything she had on her mind. Solomon had answers for her and all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. When, when the queen of Sheba realized how very wise Solomon was, and when she saw the palace that he had built, she was overwhelmed. She was also amazed at the food on his table, the organization of his officials, and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers, and the burnt offering Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe what, I, what was said until I, saw, until I arrived here and I saw it with my own eyes. So I didn't believe it until I seen it. Here's Jesus standing before the crowd and they still don't believe it. In fact, she says, I have not heard the half of it. Your wisdom and prosperity are far beyond what I was told. How happy your people must be. What a privilege your officials for your officials to stand here day after day listening to your wisdom. Praise the Lord your God. She gets it. Praise the Lord your God who delights in you and has placed you on the throne of Israel. This is a pagan woman who's come from over 1,500 miles away with all of this gifts for Solomon. And she's questioning Solomon and she's getting all the answers to her questions. And then she's seeing with her eyes how God has richly blessed Solomon and she gets it. Praise the Lord your God who delights in you and has placed you on the throne of Israel because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Then she gave the gift the king of 9,000 pounds of gold, great quantities of spices and precious jewels because she got it. Never again were so many spices brought in as those the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. In addition, Hiram's ships brought gold from Ophir, and they also brought rich cargoes of red sandalwood and precious jewels. The king used the sandalwood to make railings for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace and to construct lyres and harps for the musicians. Never before or since has there been such a supply of sandalwood. King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, 
besides all the customary gifts he had so generously given. Then she and all her attendants <coughs> returned to their own land. From what I have read and studied, Sheba is the modern-day city of Yemen. And so this woman travels around 1,500 miles to meet Solomon. It would take years for her to get there with all of this stuff. And from what I just read in 1 Kings, you can see how impressed the queen of Sheba was. She started questioning Solomon, and he had an answer for everything that she was questioning him with. And she was absolutely locked in. She was 100% focused. And Jesus is telling these people, you have God in the flesh standing before your very eyes. You have the greatest teaching that you could hear coming from someone greater than Solomon. Yet you will not listen. And you accuse me of getting my power from Satan. And you want a sign that I am from God? And even though you just witnessed a demon cast out and somebody who couldn't speak is now talking, the Queen of Sheba will testify against you. And so will the people of Nineveh on Judgment Day because you refuse to listen. In other words, you're not going to have any excuse because there will be witnesses against you. And it's the same for me and you. When we stand before God on Judgment Day, we will be without excuse. Philippians 2, 9-11, Paul says, Therefore God elevated him, talking about Jesus, to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, here's the deal. Even if we choose not to listen to what God says in His Word and we die not having never received the, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins, never accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we will still bow before Jesus on Judgment Day. And we will proclaim with our mouth that He is who He said He was. That He is the Lord. He is the Savior. That He is the Messiah. And then, we will, <clears throat> if, if we die in that state, unsaved, unwashed in the blood of Jesus, we'll still confess Jesus as Lord. But we're not going to have the opportunity to stay in heaven. We're going to be... Uh, cast away from his presence for eternity never to have a second chance to get back with god we are without excuse and there's going to be witnesses against us so why why not choose jesus today before it's too late and so we had this crowd they witnessed this miracle they accused jesus of getting his power from satan right and they want to see a miracle from heaven to prove that his authority comes from God, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me because this happens a lot. But who's in this crowd? Think about it. It's Jews. What do these Jews think? They think that they are okay in the eyes of God because they are, they are Abraham's seed. Abraham is our father. We're not in bondage to anybody. We're Jews. We're God's chosen people. And here's some homeless guy, and he's dressed like some ordinary dude, He's probably dirty and nasty because he's living out in the woods. <clears throat> and he's telling them that the kingdom of God is coming and that they need to listen to him and they need to obey his teaching. And they ain't having nothing to do with it. Which is why Jesus scolds them with Jonah and the people of Nineveh and the queen of Sheba. And then Jesus shifts his focus for 
uh, from these uh, these people in the crowd to look inward. And he says in verses 33 through 36, he says, No one lights a lamp and then hides it or puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it's unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. That's important. Make sure that the light you think you have is not actually darkness. But if you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant as though a flood a floodlight were filling you with light. You see, here Jesus is focusing on eyes, the people's eyes. Then he's talking to this crowd still. And he's looking at them in the eyes. And he's saying, if your eyes are healthy, then light comes in the whole body. But if the eyes aren't healthy, the body's filled with darkness. The light continues to shine because I'm standing before you and I'm shining. I am the light of the world, John chapter 8, verse 12. He's standing before them, yet they can't see that Jesus is God in the flesh and that he is teaching them God's way and how they can be pleasing to God. They can't see that. They can't hear that. And, and they are refusing to allow the light into their eyes. So their light is filled with darkness. So the light is still shining. They just continue to reject the light and we have that same choice today to choose jesus or or to reject jesus we can allow the light to shine into our eyes and filling our whole bodies with light or we can reject the light jesus and our bodies being filled with darkness will our lives be radiant because jesus lives inside of us or will our lives be filled with darkness because we continue to reject jesus well as we finish up today's podcast and finish up Luke chapter 11, I'm just going to real quickly mention that the rest of this chapter, verses 37 through 54, and you can read that on your own, um, it's Luke's version of Matthew 23, where Matthew gives, uh, the, or Jesus, Matthew's writing it down, but Jesus gives these woes to the Pharisees and how they are supposed to be the ones who are pointing people to God <clears throat> And yet they're doing the very opposite. They're supposed to be the examples of God, but yet they're not. They're, they're condemning people. They have nothing to do with the poor. They think they're higher, high and mightier than uh, the people that they are uh, supposed to be helping. And they, they, they just have nothing uh, to do with the people and pointing them to God. Matter of fact, Jesus says, when you convert somebody, you, convert, you make them twice the child of hell and and i just i, I want to challenge you as we end this podcast to be like jesus be like jesus be hungry for the word of god and 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 have a desire to be holy before god because when we have that desire, we will, we will then choose to do what is pleasing to God. We, we don't, this is like our parents. We don't want to disobey, disobey our parents because that brings punishment. We want to do what is pleasing to our parents because it brings them joy. And we want to bring our Father joy. We, we want to bring uh, pleasure to our Father God. We want to be pleasing in His sight because we, we want to reap the rewards. We want to go to heaven. And Jesus says if we want to go to heaven, then we have 
to be holy. We have to, uh, in the only way we can be holy is to have Jesus or God living inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit and doing what he wants us to do. It's not our life. We are bought with a price. And that price was the death of God's own son, Jesus. He shed his blood on the cross as a penalty, as a payment for our sin. He has paid the price. His blood washes us clean. It makes our our sin stains white as snow. He reconciles us back to God. He restores our relationship with God. And when if we have made Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, when God looks down from heaven and he sees us, he looks through a lens. He looks through a filter, and that filter is the blood of Jesus Christ. And he sees us perfect. He sees us as a, a one whose relationship has been restored through the, the death of his son because we have accepted him as our Lord and Savior. Have you done that today? <clears throat> if not, then there is no lens. And God sees your sin and he's not pleased with you. And if you die without the blood of Jesus Christ washing away your sins, you will still bow before Jesus someday and you still will pr pronounce that he is Lord, but then you're going to be rejected like the goats that Jesus talks about when he separates the sheep from the goats. And you're never going to have that opportunity. And you're going to have eternity to think about the decisions you, you could have made and the decision that you made to reject Jesus. And Jesus talks about where the worm dies not. In my opinion, uh, that worm is the opportunities that you had to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, yet you continue to reject Jesus and then you had to stand before him and still proclaim that he is Lord that he is the Messiah that he is the Lamb of God that he did die for your sins and you chose to reject the love that he's shown for you why would anybody make that decision beloved today put your trust and your faith in Jesus put your hope in God not in yourself, not in things of the world, not in a bottle, not in some drugs, but in Jesus because he is the only one, the only one that can save your soul. He is the only one that can deliver you from whatever situation you are facing. And that is the point of this chapter is to put your faith and your trust in God. That's why he was telling the crowd. That's what Jesus was telling his disciples to put their faith and their trust in and God because God provides and God will come through he promises if you need our help if you need prayers for anything email us at thegroundedpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com God bless you and keep grinding thank you for listening to the grinded podcast today may God bless you if you have any comments or questions you can email them to us at thegroundedpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com if you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.